Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is being released on Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019. I'm Shannon and I am here today with a couple of things. First, you will hear an interview that I did with author Lauren Neckling, who released her debut novel on June 25th of this year. And following that, you will have the guide to this week's new releases. But before we dive into both of those things, I have the usual housekeeping instructions for you. Not really instructions, I guess, information. I like information better than instructions. So you can find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. On Facebook, we have a listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other listeners to the podcast. Um, I think most of the Book Bistro hostesses are in that group um, at this point. And then there are some listeners as well, so you can definitely check that out if you feel so inclined. You can reach us on Twitter by tweeting at us or by sending us a direct message. And of course, you can send us an email if you prefer that way of communicating. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. So... First up is the interview with Lauren Meckling. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, you will definitely want to check out her book, which is called How Could She? Welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and I am joined today by Lauren Meckling, whose debut novel, How Could She?, released on June 25th, so just a couple of days ago. And Lauren, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you. So can we start by giving listeners a little bit of an introduction to How Could She? Yes. How Could She, in very, very short, is a novel about the trouble with female friendship. And a longer description is it's a friendship triangle. There are three women who came up together in their early 20s when they worked together at a magazine in Toronto. And they were peers and they were each other's support and family. And they've maintained very close relationships over their adulthoods. We find them now in their uh, mid-30s. So a decade or so has passed. And in that decade, each of the women has landed in a very different spot in life. I like to think of them as clinging on to different rungs of the ladder of life. There's Geraldine, who is a lovely dreamer, who has made some decisions that did not serve her well. She tries hard and she's very hardworking and good, but she she hasn't really striven for the things that will set her up nicely. So she's actually the only one who's still in Toronto working at a job that she's way overqualified for, smarting from a 
broken off engagement that actually was four years in the past, but she still is very traumatized by it. And she looks, she especially on social media, she looks at her other, her two friends who are in New York City. She watches their every step and she is completely transfixed by their lives. And she believes that she messed up, but she can fix the situation. And she is meant to have a fabulous life in New York City also. And the book starts out with Geraldine's shocking her friends by announcing that this thing that she's been sort of, you know, saying dreamily for years, like, oh, I would love to live in New York. She actually leaves her life behind in Toronto and comes to New York. And then the other two characters, Sunny and Rachel, are left to both help her, but also, as we see in the story, they're not entirely helpful. So I was looking at the ways that friends can be generous, but with limits and, you know, how there's this stupid fear that there isn't enough to go around and we have to, you know, guard our resources. And the other two characters, so Sunny is, she used to be an art director at the magazine and she has just become this fixture of the New York City art world. She's a, she makes uh, watercolor paintings that are very recognizable and very much sought after and she's sought after and she does a lot of collaborations you know brands reach out to her they think that by being in cahoots with her they seem cooler which they do um so she has this wonderful life she married a rich man they live in the west village in an enormous house um and then there is the sort of in the middle of the ladder is rachel who still chugging along she's but she's married to a really nice really cute guy she has a beautiful daughter who she adores, a baby, and she is a um, young adult novelist now, and she's trying to maintain, vi- uh, you know, viability as such. And over the course of one year, Gerald- Geraldine- Geraldine's arrival in New York is the engine of the story, and both Sunny and Rachel are a bit horrified and terrified and kind of manipulate things and then but in fact Geraldine ends up being the the greatest manipulator of all. (laughs) So one of the things that I loved most about this novel is the way you absolutely did not sugarcoat these characters like none of these women (laughs) is the kind of perfect woman that society has made a lot of people think that they need to be. They're they each have their strengths, but they also have some very definable flaws. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, as you created them, was it difficult for you to allow them to be authentic people? Like, were you tempted to make them perfect and lovable and fantastic all the God, time? No, okay. of course not. No, 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 no. The I did though. I did keep them. They did keep growing and changing as I worked on them because they are. They're all multi-layered and something I mean I, I hope readers are surprised when, when they learn new angles of their characters and I was surprised too in writing the book so the book starts with a, a you know one of those holiday letters from Sunny the, the sort of the golden one and it's it's insufferable she talked she's talking <laughs> about you know her traveling and her new you know, finally being finished with renovations after god knows how long and she's talking about her art shows coming up and all you know how in demand she is but by the end of the book, we uh, we see all sorts of, you know, quirks about her. And she's actually, you know, she's kind of a beautiful character. And the, um, you know, and, the, and then, you know, vice versa. I think I try to balance people's 
annoying sides and their, you know, the sides that you want to be around. And I think it really plays into the theme of friendship because we see through our friends. It's it's impossible to fake it around a friend. You know, we know each other's flaws and attributes and we can read each other's souls. And friendship is always this game of kind of weighing the good and the bad and figuring out how much you can tolerate or weighing your own good and bad and do, you know, working really hard to be good and not selfish to somebody else. And so I, you know, I really wanted to lift the veil on how hard it is to, to be a very close friend with someone over the course of time. And I wanted to look at the, the things we tend not to feel comfortable saying that we think, you know, even if it's just measuring ourselves up against our friend to a degree where we're mad at our friend for having something we don't have. Mm-hmm. So as you were writing these characters, did you find one of them or even two of them to be like a favorite for you or do they all kind of have a, yeah. a place? Yeah. I mean, they all have a place that it changes over time. I, Geraldine is, you know, she's, she's the one whenever I just like think of her, I sort of swoon. I think she's adorable and strange and I respect her so much. And I think she has so much integrity and weirdness and, you know, she's, she's awesome. Um, you know, I had a harder time writing Rachel the, because she was initially, she had more of my biography in her, uh, so it was okay. a bit of a game. And I, yeah, so I kind of went, swung around on the pendulum where I initially wrote her. I, I thought it would be funny to just write like my, the worst version of myself. And so she was really very annoying. And, um, and then I was, as you know, as we learned to be kinder to ourselves in life, I, I became kinder to her and I invented more aspects of her. And so she has less and less to do with me or I, I feel less and less like we inhabit the same psychology but she's you know I mean each of them I think on the whole by the end of the book at least for me I look back on them and I love them and that's sort of how I mean you know it's a very it's a tense book um it's not sugar-coated but the moral isn't you know unfriend your friends don't have friends it's more of sort of just like maybe we can look at and talk about the underpinnings that make us feel uncomfortable as a way of not losing our friends as a way of like accepting that which makes us feel awkward and then you know and letting things letting things evolve you know it's okay if you and a friend become more estranged from one another if you still have this past and you still love each other and you can come back together and you know it can move and waves but the idea of of trying to I feel or I felt through my life that um, there was a pressure to maintain friendships that I had established like keep them at the level that they were at their Uh most bright moment and that's impossible because more people enter the picture and life you know our lives change and so I'm I've been working uh through writing this book and thinking about the book on how to let my relationships give them air so that they don't completely fall apart if 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 we you know if the love is still there so you have had a lot of writing experience but this is technically your first novel can you tell us a little bit about kind of your path to publishing this novel like what made you decide that you wanted to write a novel 
I am a, I devour novels. I'm a huge reader. I am a writer too. I've been a journalist my whole career. I was a newspaper journalist for the majority of my career. And then I, um, in the, you know, the final stage of having a job, I worked at a magazine at Vogue and, but all along I've been writing young adult fiction and it just, it got to a point where my, you know, I, I really do believe in putting your, your soul into work, you, you know, fiction, but, but really like, what's the point if you're not addressing something that really na- nags on you and matters to you. And when I started this book, I was in my early thirties and I was smarting over, uh, the loss of a best friend and also just kind of also, you know, um, in, you know, the stages of infatuation that we find ourselves with other new friends. And I, it, it's just sort of, I mean, the beginning of it just came to me. I, I really wanted to, to write the book about like the kinds of people who inhabit my life and look at the ways that we treat each other because we matter so much to each other and we're so responsible for each other's happiness and also successes. So now that your novel has been published and has actually been out in the world for a couple of days, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. do you see as coming next for you? I am going to go back into a quieter state after I'm done, you know, talk. I mean, right now I'm just really enjoying talking to people about the book because the response has been so honest and intimate. Um, Everyone talks to me about what it brings up for them. And it's really, it's very gratifying and surprising. You know, you would, I would think, or there was part of me that w- wondered if I was going to write something that was so, I don't know what the word is for not sugarcoated, but a little spiky, um, you know, would, would, would it, would it sort of hurt people's feelings to just read, to see these emotions and dynamics reflected on pages and it's bringing comfort to people and people are it's bringing people closer to me. It's, it's really wonderful. And so right now I'm, I'm working on talking to people about the book and reading in places. And then I plan to, you know, take a break from all this and go and write another novel. Ooh. And you have mentioned, or you mentioned previously that you have written some young adult fiction. So are you thinking that mm-hmm. the next book that you write might be for that audience? Or do you like where you are now with kind of adult readers? I'm for now, very happy with what I'm doing. I, I mean, I, I read, you know, I, I review adult books for Vogue and sometimes for other places. And I, yeah, I think there's more, there's more to be explored about the life that I'm living or the, the stories I'm seeing playing out around me. And I, yes, my, the idea I have for my next book concerns grown up people. Cool. I am a huge lover of young adult fiction, but I am always, always up for an intimate look at adults as well. And I think that is what you've done here is really shown people themselves through a lens that allows them to kind of be at a distance from that. Like reading your book, I didn't say, oh, yes, this is this is my story 100 percent but I could see glimmers of myself and my own relationships in it. Was there one of the women who you related to the most? Um, I 
think for me it was Rachel, mm-hmm. not because mm-hmm. I'm a mother, um, because mm-hmm. I'm certainly not, except to a cat. Oh, um, I'm not sure that counts. But Rachel's very, she's very warm, and I mean, she's a bit of a meddler, but I like that about her. She doesn't, she doesn't like live by these rules that she thinks exist and feels shot. Like she, she'll say what she thinks, and she cares about other people. And sometimes she, I don't know, sometimes she can come across the wrong way, but. I like her. There's a warmth to her. There was a genuine vulnerability that I sensed in her um, just as she was trying to figure out, you know, her place kind of in her life, in her marriage, um, even how she compared to Sonny and Geraldine. Um, And I enjoyed kind of seeing beneath the exterior that she tried really hard to show to the world. Um, So I really really like that about her. That's great. I love hearing it. I, I haven't talked to anyone who's read the book who hasn't said, I'm a this. When, this woman who, um, Maris Christman is a book critic and she, I just went on her podcast and she just, she, she, what did she say? She said, she's a Rachel with, with the moon rising of, I think it was Geraldine. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> to think, like to pick the pieces from the different women. And of course, and you can in different moments of your life. I mean, you don't have to only relate to one of those, right. like the Myers-Briggs test, where sometimes you're an introvert and sometimes you're an extrovert. It's true. Right? It is very true. So <clears throat> as you wrote this book, did you have to do any like specific research or was this something that you were able to write very naturally without a lot of like investigating and researching? I, yes, there was not, I would just say the researching was more my lifelong consumption of books. Ah, and, okay. You know, and just sort of building up an appreciation for, um, you know, comic timing and also, um, you know, scenes that express vulnerabilities of people. And I also like the, you know, the dramatic um, sort of like the, the loud music that I'll find in novels from, you know, like the 19th century. So that, but this is not, I, you know, this is not about a milieu that I don't have proximity to. Right. Yeah. This is not my historical fiction. Ah, uh, historical fiction. <laughs> so what do you enjoy reading just kind of in your everyday, like spare time? What books appeal to you? Like what types of things? I, well, fiction, I'm pretty much monogamous on that front. And I like, you know, I, I like books that are smart and funny. I, if a book is, doesn't have any jokes in it at all, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a, you know, someone standing on a stage telling a joke, but if there aren't any turns of phrase that aren't witty or, you know, that like tickle my brain in that spot, I find it really hard to truly love um, that kind of a book. And I, let's see, I love, you know, my favorite writer is Barbara Pym, who is an English, she wrote, you know, she wrote English comedies of manner in the 1960s and 70s. And, um, you know, I'm right. I'm just staring. I have stacks since I review books. So I have stacks and stacks and stacks of, um, uh, Kate Atkinson, I think is, tremendous she's a you know she writes across genre she writes detective stories she writes the she does write historical fiction she wrote a spy novel last year 
Yes, and transcription. Exactly. But what I love about her is her voice and her, yeah, her wit just crackles and cracks me up. So um, even in the most kind of, you know, like serious and or violent scene, there's there people still have, the, you know, a sense of humor about life. And I find that really, um, in, you know, compelling and ne- necessary. So have you read anything lately that mm-hmm. you love? We are really big on book recommendations here. And I find yeah. that authors are some of the best yeah. sources of book recommendations. So what have you loved lately? Well, tell me whenever people ask me that all the time and I say, tell me, give me a, give me a flavor. Give me a, cause I read across, um, I read all um, kinds of books. So what kinds of, what's a, what are some books you've recently got been recommended that you thought were great recommendations? So we read a lot of us. There are about eight or nine of us that do various mm-hmm. um, tasks here at mm-hmm. Book Bistro. And we read a lot of romance, a lot of mm-hmm. mystery, um, dual timeline novels are kind of a thematic favorite mm-hmm. here. Um, so a lot of fiction. There are a few people who read, you know, the occasional memoir and, and nonfiction piece, but generally fiction and mm-hmm. just kind of those deep, intense novels that you just like sink into. Yeah. Okay, let me, I'm looking at my, well, one book that comes to mind, you probably have already read it or heard of it is, is and it's actually not a novel, but it's it's called Three Women. Have you I have not. That? Oh my gosh. So that's coming out very soon. It's by a writer called Lisa Tadeo. It's a, it's narrative nonfiction and it is, I mean, there's oh. some similarities with it and my book in that it's about three women and it, it really goes there. So it's, yes. really, it's yeah. So it's an exploration of this. female desire. Um, it's, it's, you're right. She shadows three women in America very, I mean, you know, again, very different rungs of life. Uh, one of them is a, uh, you know, a, a sort of a, she's a high school student. I forgot where, but, you know, like middle America. And she's um, sort of ensnared into an affair with her English teacher. And it becomes, you know, it's it's horrible. And then, you know, another one of the characters is a very glamorous, like leggy uh, restauranter. And it's, you know, somewhere like, I don't know, Nantucket or Newport, um, who's, who's in a swinger relationship with her husband. But the, like the level of penetration of each character's psyche is, it's just, and it's so, um, I mean, the prose is really, really, you know, it's, it's poetic and electric and it's, I read it and I finished it. And then I, I, you know, started reading it all over again. I was like, this is just such a wild ride. And I, it's like watching someone do magic tricks the whole time. So I really, I loved that. Um, and, you know, I love Laura Lippman. She writes, she's amazing. She's, you know, oh, an American yes. hero. So her new novel, Lady in the Lake, is terrific. And that's coming out very soon. And the end of July, I think. Yeah, it's some, I don't know, it's sometime in July. Um, and I read uh, Jamie Attenberg. She has a novel coming out in October called All This Could Be Yours. And it's really interesting. It's about a family in um, New Orleans. And they're, you know, it's sort of a family centered around this one very, you know, this like it's around this patriarch. And he there's really nothing likable about him. He's, he's a total jerk. And he dies in the beginning of the book. And it's about his, you know, his wife and his children circling around him and processing what it's been like to live under the shadow of this guy you know it's a really interesting book for a moment 
there are so many great things coming out this year. I keep looking at like NetGalley oh and Goodreads and like I know these people. I, yeah, publishing such great things. It's like a conveyor belt with candy, but it goes so fast, and there's so much on it. It's so, it's 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 overwhelming. Yes, I'm looking now me... at another one. I have to say, it's a, a Susan Sontag kind of a biography of her. It's, it's so juicy by Benjamin Moser, but he, you know, it's similar to Lisa today, where he just went deep, 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 and just talked to absolutely everybody who was involved with her. You know, she was a great intellectual and downtown New York personality. And um, she had a very, you know, sexy, peripatetic life. And it's it's a very transporting, you know, there's nothing dry about this at all. It's, a, it's very fascinating. Yes, I'm always happy <laughs> to talk to people who love books and who just have like scores of, of recommendations that just keep coming. Yeah. It makes me so happy. So can you let Great. listeners know um, the best way to interact with you online? Yeah. Um, well, I'm also a journalist. So on my website, which is laurenmeckling.com, I update with my writing and I write a lot of essays. And so that's and my emails there. And then I on Twitter, I'm at Lauren Meckling, you know, Lauren, M-E-C-H-L-I-N-G. And on Instagram, I have two accounts as myself. I am Laurenomics, like economics, but Lauren. I and then I also have a I also have a account that has become a strange, um, very satisfying side project. It's it's a I call it my clog blog. It's an account dedicated to clogs and the life of clogs, which <laughs> I can't really explain in only a few minutes. But if you go there, you'll get it. It's called at the clog life, and it's so much fun and is actually like the perfect antidote to the darkest parts of my novel because if this is just this like utopia this community of you know it's it's mostly it's women essentially there's a couple of men who are really um, passionate about clogs but it's just mostly women including actually the author of three women which is so so it's so fun it's just it just gives us this very frivolous thing to message each other about and send each other pictures of and um and it takes away you know like the petty nor you know the, i don't know the markings of normal life uh you know, we're not talking about like book deals or children or you know, we're just talking about like, oh, we, you know, who saw a celebrity wearing clogs or who saw the word clog? Um, you know, I just came across the word clog in The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. So that I went up. That like, it's just so much. It's so good. Right. It's so good. It looked like wrecked my soul, but I, <laughs> I love it. Oh, I haven't gotten to the soul wrecking part yet, but I'm 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 all for it. Are you um, a good bit of the way through it or not yet? No, I'm about edging on a quarter through it. So I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, you you have time. Yeah, but I know everyone who knows to, uh... I'm reading it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, your, your soul be like can a be a car wash of for my, a while. My... Oh God. <laughs> you don't feel wild <laughs> yet, but yes, I love it so much. She is an amazing storyteller. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning, and I want to congratulate you on your first novel, which is a triumph. Um, it's I have described it to people as kind of straddling that line between like kind of the serious women's fiction and mm -hmm. the like lighter chiclet. Yeah, and I think it's a yeah. It's, it's just a, a wonderful place helix, to be. Right? It is, <laughs> and I I enjoyed it. I'm so glad that you. Um, have shared oh. this bit of wisdom 
with the world and actually let people see that our relationships don't always have to be like shiny and pretty and fantastic all the time. I think that's something that women need to see. Sometimes they are and sometimes they're just hanging around in their old bathrobes and like (laughs) bad things are hanging out and it's it's just how it is and it's okay. Yes well I definitely (laughs) hope that you enjoy everything involved with releasing this book and oh my gosh it's been so incredible it's been it's it's been my dream and I I'm very lucky and so happy and I'm really happy to hear I mean it's you know a lot of my friends have been reading it over time but it's I mean it's so cool you're in Michigan and I've never met you and it's just really cool to think of you getting to know these women Um, yes so they say thank you too (laughs) oh I'm so glad (laughs) and I will definitely be keeping an eye out um for more books coming out from you all right I'll get to it (laughs) you do that okay and definitely enjoy your your success thank you so much all right now it is time to talk about my favorite thing new books This is a pretty big release day. Um, I did my best to narrow it down um, so that I didn't have, you know, 30,000 books to talk about, but I tried to give a pretty decent variety. As always, this is not a comprehensive list. If you were looking forward to something that's out this week that I didn't mention, you can always let me know. The more I know about what people are excited about, the better I can curate these lists. So the first several books are books that you've heard about before, either on our most anticipated books of July episode or in the case of one of these books way back in January on our most anticipated books of 2019 episode. So I'm going to start off with a book that Amber was very excited about, and this is Home for Airing and Outcast Girls by Julie Keibler. And I read this a couple of weeks ago. I had an early copy and I loved it so incredibly much. So if you love historical fiction, dual timeline novels, um, books about girls who attend kind of these like troubled, I don't know, like homes for, for troubled girls or schools for troubled girls, you definitely want to check this out. So once again, that is Home for Airing and Outcast Girls by Julie Keibler, and Amber talked about it on our most anticipated Books of July episode. Next up is one that Brooke was excited about, and this is theme music. It's by T. Marie Vandelli. It is a psychological thriller that could possibly have a few touches of the paranormal. If that sounds interesting to you and you want to hear more, you can definitely refer back to that episode. Again, it's the most anticipated books of July. And the book is Theme Music by T. Marie Vandelli. And I am very excited about this next book and I talked about it on our most anticipated books of July episode. This is Meet Me in Monaco and it's the latest novel from Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. It's historical fiction centered around the wedding of Princess Grace in Monaco. And again, it's Meet Me in Monaco by Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. And lastly, as far as books that you've heard about before, Michael Robotham's latest novel, 
is out this week. This is Good Girl, Bad Girl. And it is apparently the first book in a new series featuring a doctor named Cyrus Haven. Jen talked about this book way back um, in our most anticipated books of 2019, if you want to hear more. Um, I read it and it looks like it will be a really compelling new series. So again, it's Good Girl, Bad Girl by Michael Robotham. Okay, now we have new books that I haven't talked about before and neither have any of the other Book Bistro hostesses. First up is The Logger Queen of, Minis of Minnesota by J. Ryan Stradle. And this is a family saga that centers around the making of world-class beer. Um, it's apparently kind of sweeping and yet very sharp in its focus. Um, we learn a lot about beer, but we also spend a lot of time in these characters' heads, learn about their various relationships. I am interested in checking it out, even though I'm not personally a fan of beer. Um, I'm always ready for a family saga. So this is The Logger Queen of Minnesota by J. Ryan Stradle. Laura Lippman's new book is out today, and it is Lady in the Lake. It is an interesting mix of psychological thriller and that kind of urban noir that's becoming pretty popular again. This is set in the 1960s in Baltimore, and it's about a housewife who becomes involved in the murder of a young woman that most of the people in town are pretty willing to forget about. So this again is Lady in the Lake, and it's by Laura Littman. So many, many, many of my co-hostesses here really love Molly Harper. And I have not really hopped on that bandwagon, but I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that she has a new book out this week. This is Fledgling. And it's the second book in her Sorcery and Society book. Um, it's young adult, apparently, which looks to be a pretty new thing for her. She's done some urban fantasy, a little bit of women's fiction, and now we have some young adult fantasy. Again, it's Fledgling, Sorcery and Society, book two by Molly Harper. And on the topic of young adult fantasy, how about... Before I Disappear by Danielle Swinson. I'm sorry, Danielle Stinson. I'm getting my authors confused here. That's bad. Um, this is a story of a teenage girl who has to find her younger brother who goes missing when their entire town disappears into thin air. I'm not sure how that's possible, but that is the great thing about fantasy. So this is Before I Disappear and it is by Danielle Stinson. This next book is also young adult, but it does not seem to be the least bit uh, fantastical. This is The Spaces Between Us by Stacia Tolman, and it's the story of two best friends, both of whom are outcasts, and they are determined to make it through high school and leave their dead-end town behind. They want more um, they're pretty sure they can have more, but they're not sure how to get it. 
So this again is The Spaces Between Us by Stasia Tolman. This next book looks like kind of a cross between like a sports-centered novel and literary fiction, perhaps. This is called The Overcomer, and it is by Chris Fabry. It's the story of two unlikely allies, one a coach and the other a cross-country runner. And they team up to win a famous race in the wake of a deep tragedy in their town. So this again is The Overcomer, and it is by Chris Fabry. Okay, so I can't stay away from young adult fantasy for long. Um, this is Gods of Jade and Shadow, and it looks right now like this is going to be a standalone. Um, it's by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, and it's the story of a young girl who is sent on a dangerous journey by one of the Mayan gods of death. And this is a fairy tale that was inspired by Mexican folklore. So I'm super excited for this. It's Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And if you love Ashley Poston, you will be happy to know that she is releasing the second book in her um, Heart of Iron series. This is Soul of Stars. I have Heart of Iron here to read and I have not done it yet, but I'm hoping to do it before too very long. So this again is Soul of Stars, Heart of Iron, book two by Ashley Poston. Okay, I really, really love books about people on the run. So this next book makes me really happy. This is Gretchen and it's by Shannon Kirk. It's about a teenager and her mother who have been in hiding for the past 13 years. They've been moving from place to place and their latest hideaway might just be where they can settle down. At least that's what they think until it becomes pretty clear that their landlord and his daughter are keeping some secrets that might relate to the past that they are trying to escape. So this looks right up my alley and it is called Gretchen by Shannon Kirk. And we have another thriller. This one is A Stranger on the Beach by Michelle Campbell. This is the story of one woman who lives in a sleepy little town. Her picture-perfect life begins to collapse around her and someone is behind it, but who? This is A Stranger on the Beach and the author is Michelle Campbell. Should we throw in a bit of historical romance? I think so. Um, Lenora Bell is releasing the third book in her School for Dukes series, and this one is called One Fine Duke. I read the first in this uh, trilogy and found it really engaging. It was a lovely sort of Jane Eyre-esque um, historical romance. So this one, One Fine Duke, is the story of a woman who is betrothed to one brother but in love with another. So it's One Fine Duke, School for Dukes, book three, by Lenora Bell. And I just want to say that if you are looking for great like historical accuracy in your romances, 
Lenora Bell won't be the author for you. Um, she plays pretty fast and loose with the historical detail, so you need to be aware of that before you pick up one of her books. So you know that I love books about people on the run. I also really, really like books about the plague. And whereas this next book is not about a plague that actually happened, um, I, I think I can, I can deal with that and read it anyway. This is How We Became Wicked by Alexander Yates. And it's a post-apocalyptic tale about three teenagers who have survived the deadly plague that has taken away the world as they know it and kind of how they work together to piece things back into some semblance of civilization. So this is How We Became Wicked, and it is by Alexander Yates, and I really, 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 really want to read it, like, so soon, because it's been a while since I've had a good plague book. This next book is the second book in a series that looks like it could be a time travel romance series, but I can't tell for sure, and I haven't read the first one. So this is A Beggar's Kingdom, and it's End of Forever, book two, by Paulina Simons. Stacy mentioned The Tiger Catcher, which is the first book in this series, um, several months ago, and we were trying to figure out like if this was time travel, and it really looks like it is. Um, I have had this author on my radar for quite a while. She's written some fantastic things, so I need to kind of bite the bullet and pick up The Tiger Catcher. Um, so if you have done that, like before I have, and you're ready for book two, here it is. It once again is called A Beggar's Kingdom, and it is End of Forever, book two, by Paulina Simons. All right, I have one more, and this one looks really, really delightful. This is set in Australia, and it's the Shelley Bay Ladies Swimming Circle by Marie Green, and it's the novel, it's a novel about female friendship. Apparently four women meet every day to go swimming in this bay somewhere in Australia, and they swim for various reasons. Um, they're all dealing with some difficult things in life, and not only the swimming, but the bonds of friendship that form between them kind of get them through some really tough times. So I am excited about this. It is the Shelley Bay Ladies Swimming Circle, and it is by Marie Green. So that is all I have for today. I hope you have found several things to add to your TBR piles. Um, definitely feel free to let me know what you've been reading and loving, um, maybe some things that I have not mentioned or might not know about. I'm always happy to um, be contacted with things like that. I love books, and I always want to know what people love in terms of what they're reading. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. Not only does it let me know your thoughts, but it also kind of greases up the Google algorithm and makes it easier for us to be found when people go searching for bookish podcasts. So we would definitely appreciate that.
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.